You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Podcasting from beautiful East Tennessee and brought to you by BRV Studios, this is Have You Heard, our show that brings up random news and crazy events and a lot of other topics you've probably never heard of. For instance, have you heard about the homeless Miami man with no arms who stabbed someone? What about how spiders can use electricity to fly? Or the mini submarine SpaceX quickly built for the Thailand cave rescue? We discuss a granny with a gun and a whole lot more. Here is episode 49 from the Big Red Van. All right, here we are, everybody. Episode 49, HYH. What we thought was going to be a two-man van ends up being a party crash by Mr. Alex Miller. Let's welcome Alex Miller for an unprecedented third time. You know, you're you're, uh, entering rare air here. There's only two people that walk planet Earth that have (laughs) appeared on this podcast thrice, and that would be yourself. And Mr. Michael Gallion, uh, star of Michael Wave. So we plug his show real fast. But Alex, thank you for joining us. You were going to go play some golf, decided to, to come uh, crash our podcast, have some fun with us. Yeah, I was thinking about going to play some golf and I texted you. You're like, going to do a podcast, come down. Like, all right. Why yeah, not? man. So here we are. I want to start off tonight. We always have a lead-in talk of some type, and we normally decide off-air, right? So instead of that, let's switch it up a little bit. I'm going to give you some choices of some things that you can choose. What do you want to talk about before we go in? So one of, one of these three things, all right? Uh, a Texas carjacker was shot in the face. Interesting. A dead woman who was actually alive, or is cereal a soup? I swear to God, we talked about a dead person that was really alive last time I was here. The prisoner or something? Mm. Is that the one where I talked about the uh, the bell that they would have in their, yeah, yeah. In their casket? Yes. Yeah, I was here That's for That's real. That. I looked that up for you like two days yes. after, yes. and I was like, look, here it is. So that was so not, make your because nobody believed me on that one for a minute. On that, I think episode. we were a little incredulous and like looked at you. A but that's a real thing. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, cereal as a soup because uh, okay. I mean, do you have a strong take or? Because that that just sparked my interest. Because that that kind of makes me think. So, what defines soup? I mean, is it just liquid food equals soup? Because that would be smoothies are are a soup, uh, milkshakes are a soup. Those are a drink, though. I think if you if a straw is involved, it's a drink. It's a beverage. Have you ever drank soup before? I mean, I with have. a straw. <laughs> I mean, oh shit! No, do you remember those Campbell's soups, like the soup in hands that you would microwave, and they had like a little coffee lid that you'd put on them, yeah. and you just drink them. Didn't they have metal rims? Like what? What was this like witchcraft? Like if you know what I'm talking about, those little what, microwavable the, metal. Yeah, like it, it was you. You would uh, like open a can of spam, like a you know one of those kinds yeah, yeah, of yeah. things, and you you open the top off, and then you put the plastic lid back on mm-hmm. for the microwaving purpose. But the rim of that can was metal. Well, I don't but know. But what metal? I don't know. That Ad- always Ad- Ad- aluminum. Is it not aluminum? All metal will spark in the microwave. Aluminum foil, especially, especially will light up. Especially, you better ax somebody. We're going to edit that out. Like a double espresso. No, but I mean, for real, like, 
it was just the weirdest thing ever. Just when he said that, that my brain went straight to, oh my god, I remember when you used, I used to freak out about the fact that you could put metal in the microwave, but it wouldn't spark. You Maybe it totally just looked like Hayden, metal. Like fucking as a kid, in front just of the microwave, like yeah. how he's making <laughs> notes ga- and I, stuff. I gazed into the microwave a little too much. Yeah. You like the little redheaded kid from uh, Little Einsteins? I don't All know right, if I've so seen anyway, that. I bring it up. Let's because, hear this list. <clears throat> well, Nerdist brings up the list of the top fifty cereals of all time. I feel like it. There's a couple of them on there that are like, yeah. I mean, I think they're just ranking some cereals. So, what do you think? First of all, is the worst bad, but still good enough to make number fifty? Just regular brand, brand that that you're you're warm. Some like grape nuts because that shit like breaks oh, your teeth. Grape nuts is forty nine. Uh, yeah. Oh my, really? Yeah, grape was, nuts uh, is forty nine. It's shredded wheat. My grandmother used to eat shredded wheat and like drink her coffee in the morning when I'd stay with her as a little kid, and I'd be like, "Ooh, I want to try that." And I just remember being like, "This is just vile." Like, who, this is what you enjoy in the morning. That's like, like taking uh, ramen uncooked and just breaking the brick in half. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> that is. That is a very accurate. Tastes about the same. So um, the bottom five are going to go. Number fifty is shredded wheat, then grape nuts, blueberry, frankenberry, wheaties, and then number forty-five is nut and honey. You remember Kellogg's nut and mm-hmm. honey? Yeah. It's nothing, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the commercial? So a lot of these are older. So we'll skip to the top five. We've talked before on our podcast about cereals. We had a poll about cereals. And I'm glad that you are here tonight. And I'm glad that you picked cereals because you were participating on our Twitter poll. And you showing us and bringing to life Frosted Flakes with Lucky Charms. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. It's it a real is, thing. I had no idea that that's a thing. So your your top number one was like Reese's Puffs, right? Their new version comes with Sriracha on the side or ingrained in it i'm sorry what <laughs> i'm just that's a joke because everything's got i saw sriracha. spicy skittles the other day and i'm, what? I'm tri- yeah it was like sweet heat skittles i didn't buy them because that's disgusting but i thought you were being serious like there's a limited edition sriracha Reese puff no well, we were Reese arguing puff. between captain crunch and reese's puffs i think is what it was oh wasn't my god it? captain crunch is like chewing on glass reese's puffs so reese's puffs listen to this reese's puffs is number 25 oh Sandwiched by Kicks and Tricks. Both not even close. See, Reese's Puffs might be the underrated one in this group. That's Where, who wrote this poll? Nerdist.com. Jeff Sessions. So, Good people do not eat Reese's Puffs. So they go, <laughs> number one, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Number two, Cocoa Pebbles. Oh, see, Cocoa... Cocoa Pebbles? That's pretty good, but not... Number two? Not, not two, though. Number three, Frosted Flakes. Number four, Lucky Charms. And number five, Count Chocula. How is Booberry like 50 and Count Chocula is like five? <laughs> I think that's a very good, very fair statement. That's They're a like very the same thing. And then the how is brand. Reese's Puff 25? There are so many obscure cereals on there. Like, do you guys remember the cereal Life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff. It didn't even make the list. Do you man. remember Hidden Treasures? They had, like, the little filling in them. They were, like, little pillows, and some of them were filled, but most of them weren't. Yeah. They were different flavors. What about Basic 4? You remember this white box Basic? They still have that. Yeah, it's in the top 20. What are some underrated cereals? French Toast Crunch. Oh, but those are good. 37. Uh, That's just a a knockoff, though. You remember Waffle Crisp? I yeah. do. It's on the list. Yeah. Al- alphabets. You guys remember alphabets? Yeah. Uh, what were the uh, the honey the waffle crisp forty three? Was that the the little bee was there? 
Not like the B, like I Cheerios. Cheerios. I was going to say Cheerios? <laughs> no, like it was like a. Uh, it was know. a sweat bee. <laughs> it was a wasp. <laughs> Eat waspos! Captain Crunch Berries and then Oops All Berries are both on here and all kinds of different types of Cheerios. So they're, what I found today by listening to the radio is that cereal is a very polarizing topic. <laughs> like it is, it is something that uh, everyone wants to talk about. Everyone has an opinion on and you're right or wrong when you try to tell someone this is the best cereal ever. Well, Reese's Puffs is the best cereal ever, and it's not 25. There's so many different kinds of cereal that most of the time you say, this is the best cereal ever, someone's going to disagree with you. So if you can find that one person that's like, yes, it is, you're like, we got to go eat <laughs> some Reese's friends. Puffs. <laughs> so anyway, we got a show to do. You, There's no way you came prepared, right? If I'm I know you, you're prepared. Okay, but perfect. Prepared Good answer. for what? Um, Are we going to wrestle? He's prepared with his wit. The Greco-Roman style with uh, baby wit. oil. Ah, uh, sure. Did you bring the rubber sheets and the gerbils? Everybody, have you heard? I named this uh, this story uh, "No Arms, No Problem." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you think there's a tattoo on somebody that says that somewhere in the world? Because I really hope somebody has a "No Arms, No Problem." I tattoo. hope so. This man, maybe he has a tattoo of arms on his face. Just- <laughs> This man, his name was Jonathan Crenshaw. He's a 46-year-old man that lives in Miami Beach, and he has no arms. Okay. Okay, I think you said that. Yeah. No arms. No problem. He's locally known um, as a street artist that paints with his feet. So he's, you know, very, uh, uh, what's, would it be ambidextrous? Or no, no, no. No, that's with both hands. He's just very dexterous with his feet. Gotcha. That's the word I'm trying to use. Is that the right word? Yeah, I'll allow it. So anyways, because he like paints and does all sorts of neat stuff, and he's commonly known on the street as a local little street artist. So um, until Mr. Caesar Coronado, who is, a, uh, who is visiting from Chicago, one of his friends who lived in Miami, and to him and his friend were walking down the street, when according to, there was a couple of different scenarios of this story. Obviously, both parties had their own story. But that's when uh, he was stabbed by Mr. Jonathan Crenshaw with a pair of scissors using his feet. While he was walking down the street? Like, he came upon Mr. Uh, Crenshaw. Okay, see, I was I was listening to this thinking that maybe Crenshaw was walking at this time. No, 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 so, Crenshaw. So he didn't do like a ninja roll and stab him with his... <laughs> and then just pick up a pair of scissors and then standing on one foot start stabbing him <laughs> with like, the other just leg. Just like Crane kicks him like that, Karate uh, Kid style you right laugh. eyes with his... You laugh, but that's kind of what went down. Like, he was standing on one foot, <laughs> had scissors in the other foot, and was like, Kia! And stabbed this man. So he got him in the arm pretty good pretty um, good <laughs> that was the quote he got me in the arm pretty good that was the police statement um when uh, his friend ran and, that, and called the police you said dexterous earlier <laughs> if that's not the definition of dexterous i don't know what might be i mean standing on one leg holding scissors in the other foot and successfully yeah. stabbing like someone, winning that fight keeping your balance <laughs> So, I, uh, yeah, I respect that guy. Yeah, so, <laughs> Did he have his toes through the scissors? I like, hope so. Finger guards? <laughs> like, just a, like a thumb toe, a big toe in the big one, and then just 
Like, was he snipping them at him, too? Like, I hope he was moving them. It wasn't. He got stabbed multiple times, so he had to have control over these scissors. Yeah, he got them, I think, twice. You would like to think that he had a good grip. Beats his meat with his feet. He paints with his toes. Yeah, so he's very dexterous with his feet. (laughs) (laughs) But the... um, So his buddy runs and goes and calls the police. When the police come, they find... um, Coronado, like straight laying on the street, like bleeding everywhere because he got him in the arm so good. Mm. So, but that was his only injury was his arm got hurt. Um, they they charged Mr. Crenshaw with aggravated battery, but according to the report, so Coronado claims that uh, uh, being the stab victim claims that Crenshaw just randomly attacked him when him and his friends walked up to him and asked for directions. So Crenshaw was on the street doing his homeless guy thing. And they walked up on him and asked for directions, and he sprung up and stabbed him. (laughs) He'd be the stabby in that situation. Yeah, he'd be in the stabby. stabby. But the stabber, Mr. Crenshaw, Mr. No Arms, he was lying down. He says he was lying down on the ground, and Coronado and his friend were harassing him, and Coronado jumped down and punched him in the head. And that's when he leapt to his feet and stabbed him in self-defense. I believe the armless guy. I, I think I do, too. Like, how much trouble are you going to go? You, you don't have any arms. you got to go to a lot of trouble to stab somebody with your feet. Thank you for bringing up the point and a reminder <laughs> that he doesn't have arms. So my question becomes, when did he grasp the scissors? Uh, I guess they're like, just did his self-defense just, did item he, of Did him. he just have them, like, in his feet? Is he, like, always, you know how some people, like, always have their hand on... The gun or whatever, so oh, to yeah. speak. Is he just sitting on the ground with scissors on his toes? Just snapping at people when they go by. He's just on bath salts and thinks he's a crab. He's just freaking out. He uh, he does have oh, a wow. very long list of drunken disorderly charges and trespassing charges, so he's not like the best of people that... Uh, he probably was sitting there with scissors on his feet, and the guy walked by and was like, look at this guy with fucking scissors on his feet. And he was like, and yeah! he jumped up and stabbed his ass yeah. to death. Do you think when the cops got there, he yelled, I'm not armed? <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot! I'm not armed. That was terrible. Everybody, Everybody, have you heard? Oh, my God. So, uh, spiders can fly, y'all. Talk to me. Have you ever seen a spider somewhere, either, like, really up high or maybe in an obscure place, and you wonder to yourself how it got there? Or, like, has it just always been there? It made me think that when I moved into a brand new house, and then uh, things just recently get put somewhere, and then, like, within an hour... A spider is up there, and I'm like, was there a spider just living in that thing that I didn't see, or did his little-ass legs crawl up there, or, like, how the hell did a spider get up there so fast? Yeah, I always think that when I'm seeing, like, a spider's web that's between two objects that are on the ground extremely far apart for a spider, you know? But maybe the distance between the two things is only, like, 10 or 12 feet, but, like... For you to it's walk, like a four-day journey all yeah. the way down the pole, and then through the it's like grass hiking to Mordor because I mean that's like a long-ass ways from like you say like the top of this tree all the way down all the little branches and down the trunk and across the yard and up the next tree and up all these branches just like I mean we're talking 
hundreds of feet just to go up there and get one strand across. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like that, I think that, that's what goes through my brain whenever I see stuff like that. Well, you're not, you don't, you have a lot in uh, common with Charles Darwin. On Halloween of 1832, he boarded a ship off the coast of Argentina. And when I say off, off the coast, I mean like 60 miles off the coast when he boarded the ship. And he noticed that there was an infestation of tiny red spiders everywhere. And this ship had been out to sea for months at this point. Okay. okay. He met up with them out to sea. So he had concluded that they must have floated over from the land that was 60 miles away onto the boat. Have you all ever heard of a, a process called ballooning? It's where so during... Many places. During... Is oh, yeah. this like what happened in Charlotte's Web? Um, you know, at the end, and Charlotte's babies are born, and Charlotte dies, and her Jesus, baby... spoiler and, alert! And her baby... <laughs> <laughs> And her babies all went off, float off don't into the wind, and and Wilbur's like, no, don't go. And then when they float off into the wind, yeah, absolutely. This is what we're talking about. Ballooning, okay. All right, um, kids movie reference. So thank you for that. Absolutely perfect uh, visual to what I'm talking about. Okay, it's during lighter winds. Spiders can climb to an exposed point. Uh, raise their abdomens to the sky, let out strands of silk, and simply float away. Um, like Darwin thought, it, it can carry them with the winds, possibly away from predators or towards resources. But spiders have been found as high as two and a half miles up in the air and as far as a thousand miles out to sea. Hell yeah. Recently, the common understanding of how ballooning works has been scientifically challenged and almost totally disproven. Most people think it works because the silk is released and then that catches the wind, which lifts the spider up into the air, which you just said about Charlotte's Web and yeah, all her yeah, babies. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're trying to imply with that illustration is that the wind is blowing them away. Are you about to come in hard with some like Charlotte's Web's bullshit? No. But what I am trying to say is two, Fake news. two scientists named Eric Morley and Daniel Robert have an explanation that I thought was pretty cool. They feel that they have proven that spiders can sense the Earth's electric field and use that to launch them into the air. It's an, an idea called flight by electrostatic repulsion, which has been around since the 1830s. So this has just been recently scientifically proven because of the tools that they have. So check this out. There are around, say, 40,000 thunderstorms that are going on at any given time worldwide, which turn the atmosphere into like a big giant electrical grid. Okay. So the atmosphere is positively charged and the ground is negatively charged, okay? So we on the ground, we are also negatively charged. So animals, in, inanimate objects, objects, all that. There is, the higher you go up in the atmosphere, the more charge that there is. And it goes up about 100 volts per meter that away from the ground that you get. Okay? Just like micro, <clears throat> micro amps. So in a thunderstorm, though, it can go up to tens of thousands, or if it's super foggy, or those types of conditions that, you know, where the electro magnetic fields or the electricity just raises that type of thing well do you remember from science class how they introduced you to protons and electrons or positive and negative charges and how they re reacted and correlate with each other like how they taught it to us like what what about them so like two two positives what, what happens em? when two positives come together or positive they repel each other so two negatives come yeah. together they repel each other right yeah, yeah so when the silk leaves their bodies it picks up a negative charge repelling against other similar negative charges on the surface that the spiders say may be sitting on, creating enough force to literally lift them in the air. Plants being grounded, quote-unquote, have the same negative charge as the ground they grow in, 
but they create substantial electrical fields when they're protruding into the positively charged air. They are able to climb up onto something higher and then release their silk, and the higher that they are protruding into the positively charged, say they were to climb onto us, climb up onto my head, and then try to do his thing from there six feet up in the air, it's going to be easier for him to catch up a more positively charged um, current to fly on, whatever you want to to call it. To fly on, yeah, to get up higher, that type of thing. So this was tested by those scientists I named earlier by putting the spiders on strips of cardboard underneath a plastic box, and they generated electric fields similar to what they would experience outdoors. So they get a close-up view of the entire process of ballooning, watch them perk up on their quote-unquote toe, and lift right up into the damn air with no wind in this thing. Just electromagnetic energy. That's freaking sweet. So they shut off the electric field. They fall to the ground. So could you fill a balloon with like a bunch of spiders and like fly things with it? <laughs> like a balloon <laughs> That would be a horrible disaster if that went wrong, though. You get a hole in your spider balloon and then they're just all crawling down to the So my cabin. only question for you is, can we fit spiders in balloons? You just need a funnel. <laughs> but I'm think just about ter- it. Electric spiders is just a terrifying thing But to spider, say they can sense the electric field around them to the point where they can bounce between electrons in the air to fly where they want to go you think it's possible other insects or animals have similar types of like hypersensitive sensory abilities that we don't know about yet like geese migrating i think there's been a long like suspicion that they use uh the elect uh magnetic field as like a compass sort of uh monarch butterflies the same way seeing a lot of that has been thrown to just the word instinct as their animal instinct monarchs like reproduce on the way like their civilization migrates i think that's what's nuts it's not like they all hatch here and then fly across the world to here like generations happen makes you wonder if there's some sort of memory imprinted into genes like that's instinct like you just like memories you pass on memories through genetics i don't know i don't know that would be a very interesting conversation to have i've never even thought of that Never even heard that as I've a theory. I've heard it proposed as you know different times, but uh, it's interesting to think about for sure. For sure. So is it uh, is it time for us to take a break? Is it, are you ready to take a break? Let's let's chill this down, yeah, and take a break. Let's take a break, and then we'll be back for a couple more. Hey, how's it going, Big Red Van listeners? Uh, my name is Reese Kitts. I'm Garrett Faust. And uh, we're, we're a part of a little podcast called Decent at Best. And what Decent at Best is, is we're a podcast where we ask you guys to send us in questions at our at our email called uh, decentatbestshow at gmail.com. And whatever question you want to ask, you send it in to us and we'll answer it live on air. And we will answer them with answers that aren't great. We don't promise they'll be good. They probably won't be bad. They'll probably be around Decent at Best. Decent at Best pretty much sums up our show. We don't Google anything. Everything is all off the top. Off the, off the top of our head. So everything we answer is going to be completely first first impression, word association. So tune in to, the, to our episodes, and we appreciate it. See you guys there. Thank you. Everybody, have you heard? All right, so I, uh, th- I just saw this one, and uh, I, it was... It spoke to me. Okay. All right. Speak. Um, Alex, you're here. Animal lover over here. You like animals? You an Depends animal Depends on guy? the animal. I fucking well, hate monkeys. Okay. 
and uh mostly just monkeys what, like. what monkeys do to you I, I think like you see like outbreak with like dustin hoffman and it's like some little snarky ass monkey is gonna kill the whole world they're very disease, they're very disease ridden they're too smart they lost the evolutionary battle of the conquering of earth anyways i was just curious if you're an animal lover, i am so. except monkeys what about like rhinos oh. yeah i love Save rhinos. The rhinos right sure okay, okay yeah sure at what cost all the know. costs Good. Ten, ten bucks? I like where your head's at. Do we have to give up the internet? <laughs> like, right now, if they're like, you can save every rhino, but you can't ever have internet again, are you saving the rhinos? Me? Personally? Yeah. No. Yeah, probably not. No. There's another way. That's okay. an, Give up air conditioning? You giving up air conditioning di- for rhinos? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what, what are you giving are you up? giving like, up beer you for rhinos? <laughs> beer for rhinos. We're really getting down to the apathetic nature. Right, well, what's up with the rhinos? It's okay. So the Sabuya Game Preserve in South Africa. Booya. Sabuya. I'm, I'm just guessing that's how you how you pronounce it. Probably wrong, but I like Sabuya. So a uh, a ranger he spotted uh, human remains on the premises near where about a pride of six lions like to roam and hang out. Surely you can't be serious. So they found tools and weapons that were used by like rhino poachers. A you know a high powered rifle, some fence cutters to get into the preserve, a saw for sawing off a rhino's horn with a arm attached to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and okay. and packaged food for like three to four days of camping. Okay. So they were obviously trying to sneak onto the reserve, shoot a rhino, take its horn. Right, right. That you was got to be on drugs to be a poacher, right? The evidence was there. So, uh, so scary. they determined yeah. that the number of people that were there were three people based on the number of shoes they could find and gloves that they could find that they were using. What if one guy didn't have any arms? <laughs> he didn't have any arms afterwards. But uh, <laughs> hey! uh, the rifle that they recovered is being tested for uh, ballistic evidence um, because basically I guess they've got a lot of bullets in rhinos that they've discovered that they could test that gun's ballistic properties. They could see if uh, this was affiliated with a bunch of other rhino murders. Sure. Rhino murders. Rhino murders. It's like so, a shitty metal band. <laughs> <that day. laughs> hey, we're rhino murder. <laughs> go, 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 go. Um, so rhino poaching is at a huge spike right now. And I didn't know this, but this is crazy. So the price of rhino horn because of the, its rarity, is actually more per gram than gold at retail price right now. Yeah, I've only been able to buy, like, cheap rhino horn lately. It I know. Sucks. that's uh, Now, rhino horn is a much better death metal name than, what was the first one you said? Rhinoceros murder? Rhino, <laughs> rhino murder. Rhino murder. <laughs> I don't know. I like rhino horn. But in 2017, a thousand rhinos were poached out of uh, South Africa's reserves, or preserves not reserves and then also 80 percent of the world's population of uh, rhinos live in south africa which is at a global population of less than thirty thousand. so they're on the uh, for sure endangered list mm. um sad when you said uh we we're talking about the rhino horn it made me think um i saw this other article about this lady who was in uh in Europe, and she was, uh, I get the smuggling part is what you know, like people smuggling rhino horn, sure. But I was, it was actually going to be an HYH, and I, was, I just ended up not doing it. But uh, this lady found an artillery shell 
from World War II, which I guess if you if you're unaware, apparently you can still find landmines and artillery shells like scattered across everywhere in Europe from World War II. Sure. Third place is they still have like cordoned off, like you can't go here because we can't dig up all the shit that's yeah. just still buried. So, so this lady finds a World War II artillery shell, right? Washes it off and like wipes it down real clean and then just puts it in her luggage and proceeds to the airport. Okay, and then when she's going through customs, they're like, do you anything you want to declare? She's like, yeah, I've got a couple souvenirs in my bag. Unbeknownst to them that it's a, I mean, it's a dud at this point pretty much for sure, but a live artillery shell is in this lady's bag wow. that she's trying to check through customs and get, on no air, big deal. and get on an airplane with. And of course, they were like, they took like emergency procedures because it is technically an explosive device. And so they had to like do the bomb, whole bomb squad thing to get this thing out get of the, the guy airport. Out in the big bomb suit. She got a finger in her butt for sure. Like they but, checked everything. Mm-hmm. But are you kidding lady. me, dude? That's... Like an artillery shell still in its casing and she's just like, Oh, that little guy. I wouldn't worry about that little guy. I'm just going to put that right in my suitcase and go on the airplane. she from Florida? I w- she probably was. But yeah, anyways. The poachers, that's what I was meaning. What would you uh, say is an acceptable cost for saving the rhinos? But uh, how about letting the lions get them? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's pretty good. Because, I mean, dude, that's talk about a... Uh, you know, getting what's coming to you kind of thing, I guess Absolutely. I should say. Like, if you're going to try and kill this innocent rhino just to saw its horn off to sell now it. Now, see, do you think this? Do you think that the uh, the lion got to him just, be- like, while they were setting up camp? Do you think Probably the, at night, dude. They're probably the sleeping got and to they them just, like, crept up While they there. were attacking a rhino and the no, lion came I, to the I'm, rhino's defense? I'm with Alex. I bet it was they were setting up for the night and then lions came out of the darkness behind them and just... Got him. You're in yeah. their world, man. It's yeah. nighttime. You're the, out there with the some pride. Lions. Just came and got him in the middle. Oh, of the dude, night. lions are cunning. Oh, you know, they, fun, fun to watch. Oh yeah, they yeah. Uh, they can get you. Fun to watch. So you said some. This is South Africa, right? Yeah. So I gave you a choice before we started today, uh, tonight, and it was about uh, something that had to do with a dead woman that really wasn't dead. Dead woman that was alive. Okay. So that happened in South Africa. So I'll go ahead and tell that really fast. <laughs> uh, we referenced it from the last time you were here. Guy that was pronounced dead in India, I think it was, by three separate doctors said this guy was dead. And then he woke up right before he had the autopsy performed on him. Like they were about to be cutting him and stuff. And then he starts like breathing. So this woman, uh, they declared dead after an auto accident. And there was, was an accident where two or three other people died. So a so, bad one. So it was a bad accident. And they bring her and they put her in the refrigerator in the morgue. And then someone goes down to, like, tag her toe or something and then finds that she's breathing in there. Oh, my so God. So the family is like... You just open the thing up and you see, like, the breath in the air. <laughs> like, just... Oh, that Talk be... about a moment where you're, like, you think you're probably hallucinating... But then when you realize that person's actually alive, like talk about the panic that could probably that would set in if you were that person that worked there. Like talk about the panic if you were that person that was in that refrigerator. She's got to be what? Like she's unconscious, right? She's not just chilling in there. Like, hey, <laughs> I'm alive in here. Help! Help! <laughs> Like she's she's not caught. There's no she'd be like beating on the door, right? I don't know. 
Might be cozy. <laughs> or how quickly that doctor that pronounced her dead is going to probably lose his license or You know, that's the first thing he worried about was not like her. He was like, oh, shit, malpractice. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm going to call my lawyer. Yeah. Everybody, have you heard? So I know y'all heard the crazy-ass story of the soccer team getting stuck in the cave in Thailand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Coach with the bright idea for a spelunking field trip in between games or Good something. Grief. A Navy SEAL died, man. I know, man. Trying to save those. Well, he was setting up uh, like an escape route of like scuba gear and stuff like that so they could get out of there. He oh, was- it was crazy. For those of you who haven't uh, paid any attention, it was a soccer team of 12 boys and their coach in Thailand. So they went like hiking, found this cave, and then they started looking in this cave. And it was like a trip that the coach took them on as like a reward for their performance in a tournament. And... They, it started raining really, really bad, and it flooded the cave that they were in, and they got stuck down there, and it's like a mile and a half back from where they were to the entrance of the cave, and then it started to um, cause some slides, and then a bunch of rocks and stuff got in the way, so it was a big deal. A lot of actually separate countries sent people, engineers, and people back down there to get them out. It took, what, two weeks? They were down there for two weeks or so, yeah, crazy. and they got That's saved. Ridiculous. They finally got brought out. Well... Um, Mr. Tony Stark himself, Elon Musk, oh. <laughs> immediately sent a team of engineers to I was help. like, Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> he, he sent engineers, uh, Tesla engineers, down to help quickly find safe ways into the cave. Uh, he also sent Tesla Powerwall battery packs to use to charge in any and all equipment so workers could stay around the clock uh, because you can imagine how necessary it was that they were doing this fast. And then the pumps to remove the water that was already in the cave so that they could actually try to perform some work. Let me guess, those came from the boring company. A lot of those came from <laughs> Tesla and, and Mr. Elon Musk. So it wouldn't be him if he didn't try to steal a little of the limelight by modifying a piece of a Falcon 9 rocket and turning it into a mini kid size submarine that was capable of navigating tight passageways. He gave it to the dive team in Thailand to use, quote, if needed now or ever in the future. So you can imagine... Let me me just whip up something real quick. Real quick is right. How quick (laughs) they got stuck and then how much time he had to come up with this thing and then get it there to Thailand. It's just crazy. They were in there for, I think, three, almost three weeks. I mean, he literally had rocket scientists working on it. Like, he pulled the SpaceX team uh, part of it and was like, figure this out. What what extra parts do we have that we're not using for a rocket that we can turn into a submarine? Do well, it. and he you was have, like... You have eight hours. He was like, this would also... He's like, with minor modifications, this would also function um, as a space-faring, like, escape pod. Absolutely. He said that, too. So, it weighs about 90 pounds, and it's easily carried by two people with handles on the sides with specific modifications for this one uh, that he got from feedback about the cave. So, he's quickly getting information from his engineers on site. They're telling him about the cave. People back at Tesla or or SpaceX are putting this thing together, and they're going to ship it to Thailand. It pissed me off because I saw a lot of people... This is the thing, kind of, we were talking about, even just with the serial thing earlier. It's just, it's almost you put out a list, or you put out an opinion, like people just want to disagree to disagree or call you out. And uh, a lot of people were giving him a hard time saying this was all for advertisement. Like they uh, were making this uh, for publicity. It's and- hard to argue that a little, you know, to be honest, to try to be objective about it. I love Elon Musk, and we talk about him a lot here, but I mean, we all know how it turned out. The submarine wasn't used. 
Um, sure, but I don't the think they knew were that. Saying, the experts were saying that it was uh, it was quoted as being a good and sophisticated device, but not practical in this situation. And you would think that if his engineers that were there truly thought that it was... I mean, I, I get that he's just trying to help, but I also get the angle that it's a publicity stunt. How quickly are you going to be able to build a submarine, he ship built it in there, like four days. and then have them use it? Sure. You know? So, I mean, granted, they had already pulled out some of the boys by the time the submarine already arrived. So they from had a process saw, though, they that were was saying, working. Yeah, but they were saying, even till the end, from what I saw, they were saying, it's here if we need it, we might have to try it because some of the boys were smaller and weaker. And can't and swim. wouldn't have been able to... Well. And even just like hold the guidelines and hold on and, and just physically have it. You got to imagine you've been on the ground for three weeks. Like even the best shaped people, I mean, they're, they're getting them food and stuff, but oxygen levels uh, had gotten really low. And I think everybody had some, uh, you know, carbon dioxide poisoning and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, obviously it's good publicity for them, but I also think for, he released you know what email I also screenshots. Think is it is the duty and obligation of billionaires to do whatever they can on at least one thing to try and better the world. World, and almost genius all billion, billionaires especially like, like bill gates like that's what he's all about like he's like i'm a billionaire so i'm gonna try and like get rid of malaria you know yeah like, well see that's the thing and elon musk does this every time i mean you talk about what happened but that's in Puerto what i mean Rico, like, the yeah, how are you gonna say something negative regardless if it's a publicity stunt or not because i mean obviously that's helping bill gates image the main reason that they're saying that it's a publicity stunt though hayden is because it's been such a tough year for tesla they're saying that he needs this because of what's going on at tesla and like i said it's a little hard to argue with that because of some of these facts so they also i think you totally know that you're about to get some good publicity publicity and that's part of it but i also think that he my my whole thing is the person on twitter that's like ripping him on it like what are you doing (laughs) like what are you helping are you doing anything no you're not so close your mouth like and he released screenshots from people he was consulting with like experts on those thai caves back and forth on what needed to happen with the sub like he there were some people that said it wasn't feasible but from what i've seen there were people that were like working with his team saying, well that's like, what makes exactly... him want to do it more sure this, this ain't possible gotcha exactly even <laughs> i'd say Done. some of it's publicity some of it's ego because he obviously has a huge ego some of it's him going all right i want to be the one to figure this out but we need people like that Mm. And we yeah, need them I mean, having that like. Well, let me be on record. Drive saying I uh, I think he's brilliant. And I think his efforts to help in this situation to even try to do something on this kind of scale with that short of a turnaround is incredible. So it shows why he's trying to bring people to Mars. You know that w- where his brain is. But I mentioned how it's been a tough year for Tesla. Their vehicle productions have been down incredible. We've we've actually talked about that. Jared talked about that. People betting against them, selling Tesla stock, that type of thing. But now that the trade war is under way with China, where both the U.S. and China are placing 25% tariffs on $34 billion worth of imports from each other, Tesla is taking like five, six, seven more kicks to the balls. So the tariffs affect 545 U.S. exports, including things like pork, bourbon, cotton, tobacco, propane, soybeans, and soybeans, I got a cool story about that, but, and any car manufacturer that operates exclusively in the U.S., like one named Tesla. Mm. So, They're about to open a gift shop in like Sweden. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Just so this thing about soybeans, there was a giant, you know, these giant barges that these trade ships that embargo yeah. ships, whatever, they set sail from the United States to China and they knew that this was probably going to happen. So they left port knowing that it was going to take X amount of time to get there and they had to get there by 5 p.m. Otherwise, that boat was going to be um, subject to the 25% tariff. If they got there before 5, they would miss the tariff. Oh. They got there at 5.30. Oh. So they had a 25% tariff on their entire load of their boat. Which is billions of dollars. It ended up being billion dollars probably, yeah. Uh, Can you imagine being the guy driving around a billion dollars worth of soybeans? Trying to get there and then it's coming down to 30 minutes when you're traveling that far of a distance. Come on! And it came down to 30 minutes. You're like, fuck, I could have picked up time, you know, back in Indonesia. But, (laughs) shit. How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? But China's Tesla's second biggest market, uh, having sold 17,000 cars in China last year. But with these new tariffs, the price of a Model S has gone up from 107 last week to now $128,000. It's gone up $21,000 in a week Mm. because of the tariffs. The Model X SUV went up uh, to 140 from 117. So if you haven't picked up on it, this has now pushed them into the fast lane of getting on to things like manufacturing operations overseas in places like Shanghai, where they no doubt will sell many cars in the future. We've talked about China's future of um, electric cars and how the regulations there are going to ban diesel and Mm -hmm. gas-powered vehicles. Well, they want to open a manufacturing operation over there so they don't export anything, import anything, and they've got it right there anyways uh, just to avoid the tariff. It's going to affect them that much. Mm. So much Winning, I know, right? So I'm not sure how making a company that historically is manufactured only here in the U.S. want to go overseas to avoid such an economic dispute. I don't see how that's wise. But this, uh, this the president ego, did something unwise. This ego-driven Weird. trade war that we're in, I'll, I'll guess reserve judgment to see exactly what kind of fruits we can gain from this. But short term, there's a lot of uh, farmers and stuff that are going to have to hold their breath and hope that this shit just works out for them. Mm-hmm. It's so, not going to be any good fruits. It's going to be like grapefruits and shit. How can pig farmers and how can uh, people like Jack Daniels and these bourbon companies? Well, that's when you said can, bourbon. How can they, the, you know, project demand in the future when there's going to be a twenty five percent? I'm pretty sure that on. the South is going to keep Jack Daniels fine for a while. No, but their international sales exceed their U.S. sales. Oh well, yeah, for the rest of the world, I'm sure. Didn't they have a big No, I mean like Jack sidebar. Daniels. Like they sell more internationally than oh, they I'm do sure. domestically. And it's like the most iconic liquor of the U.S. Like when you talk to a foreigner and you talk about whiskey, they say, oh, Jack Daniels. Oh, Jack Daniels. Mm, yeah. Like Tennessee. Like that's, yeah. we're known for that. Old I don't know what seven. that accent was. Did you see where the barn, though, collapsed oh, and yeah. all the whiskey leached into the liquid or into the river and killed all the fish? And uh, they lost the rest of it. It just, the whole yeah, thing Yeah, it happened down. twice. That's insane. They were building like that? dams. Mm-hmm. Everybody, have you heard about the collapsed barn and all the whiskey that went into the river <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah, tell me more now. big storage barn where they keep all the barrels collapsed and a bunch like of the barrels. one where mila kunis like, has her barrel like you know in to make whiskey are we talking about y- mila kunis's barrel now yeah 
you you char the inside day, of, every a day. Bar- of an oak barrel. You put your corn I, liquor I know, in there, and then it chills for a long time. Okay, so I this is you. the big facility. And you of put barrels. it in a barn. That's, yes, it's got some scaffolding. Exactly. Yeah, and then it, so I don't know why, but it collapsed, its, and okay. those all hit yeah, like, the ground, ha- shattered, and all this whiskey <clears throat> goes in this river that's apparently right beside it. Fish get drunk. I bet those fish they went out so just like and it was a part. They were trying to salvage it too, and. The second half of the barn collapsed like a few days. See, ago. they only get like the runoff water and the water that cleans the stuff in their river, and they finally got like the real thing, and it was just <laughs> too much for them. They all got really sick because they're all on antibiotics all the time, and then they drank. Everybody, have you heard? I call this one a granny murder. Okay. So, uh, in Maricopa County, Arizona. That's a fun one to say. Maricopa. Maricopa. Do it, uh, no, do it in the voice that you did the 49. Maricopa. Jeez, that's good. It <laughs> is good, isn't it? So, um, a 92-year-old lady named Anne May Blessing. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. She, uh, she and her 72-year-old son live together like, as he helps take care of her. Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? So he's 72. She's 92. That's okay. weird to think about. So she she can be called an old lady. Like oh. you don't feel bad? No. Okay. 92? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Average life I just want to like, make sure that what you're is that, not like 78 these when you days? see a 70 when you have a 72-year-old son, if if they would have kept with that tradition, how many generations could be living together in that house? Dude, like, well, here's okay. my 50-year-old grandson <laughs> now, and my 30-year-old uh... <laughs> great-grandson and here's my 15-year-old great great grandson on, on my mom's <laughs> side of the family. We had my sister, or I'm sorry, my sister, her oldest daughter, she's 13, but whenever she was a little girl, there was my sister's daughter, my sister, my mom, my mom's mom, and then my mom's great-grandmother were all still alive. We had five generations on my mom's side alive. That's it was crazy. wild. Beca- and they were all exactly 21 years apart, because all of them had their daughter when they were 21 years old, just some crazy way. And so great-great-grandmother was, was like 100 but finally passed away. But that's crazy. But anyway, so her son's 72 years old, and he's getting a little fed up with taking care of her. Like, I guess she's old and very crotchety, um, as you'll soon learn. Crotchety. Good uh, word. That is a good one. Strong. So um, as well that lived in the house was his 57-year-old girlfriend. So he was like 15 years older than her and, you know. Wow. Way to go, buddy. I know, right? 72 and got a 57-year-old? Sugar daddy. I know what you're asking yourself, and the answer is yes. I have a nickname for my penis. Anyways, so they all live there, and so he basically lays it on his mom that, uh, Mom, we're, we're going to put you in a home. <laughs> <laughs> Not my home. A home. I'm sick of Ma! you being in my home. So she doesn't take the news very well, and uh, the following day, uh, which was back just July 2nd, she went into her son's room where he and his, his 57-year-old girlfriend, I said, were there hanging out. And she uh, has her bathrobe on. Oh, no. Inside both pockets of her bathrobe, in each one, she had a, a thirty-eight revolver that she'd had for like 50 years. Didn't see that coming. But one in each hand, basically, in her bathrobe pockets. Pulls one of them out and shoots her son in the face twice, kills him dead right there. So he dies, okay? He's done. And then the girl, and then of course she turns and points the gun at the girlfriend, about to go for her too. You little harlot. Her ultimate plan was like double murder suicide, like you're not putting me in a home. Obviously. And so the uh, the girlfriend, after watching him get shot, she lunges out at grandma and or mom, 
It's and, just mom. And just mom. Ninety year old mom. <laughs> and like wrestles the gun out of her hand and throws it to the side of the room. And she's like thinking she's disarmed her. And she's like, Oh my god. And then Granny reaches into her pocket Granny's. and pulls out revolver number two. See, she's double fisting. And girlfriend's like freaks out, but she still lunges at her anyways and is able to actually knock the gun out of her hand. And at that point she's like, Screw this and bolts. You know, she's running for her life out of the house at this point. So a ninety two year old lady to be <laughs> what specific. Happened, though? What, what, what happened after? Year old? So Are you getting there? Yeah, wait, I'm getting there. Okay. So of course, son is killed on the scene. Girlfriend leaves. She calls the cops. Cops show up. Grandma is just sitting in the living room in her recliner waiting for the cops to come because she knows they're coming. And uh, whenever she's getting arrested, uh, she told the investigator, like because I guess he was the one there serving the warrant and everything else, and she told him he was going to destroy my life, so I destroyed his. What a bitch. Whoa. Damn, Granny's a savage. Yeah. And then she told police once she was in custody that uh, they should just put her to sleep. Just go ahead and put me to sleep. I mean, don't she, waste the money. Yeah, don't waste the money and the time. Just go ahead and put me to sleep. But she is charged with first degree murder and is on a $500,000 bail and is sitting in her uh, Maricopa County Jail. Maricopa. Wow. Yeah. He, dest- he was going to destroy my life, so I destroyed his. She put up with him destroying her life for like 72 years, though. Like, if he was, like, that <laughs> annoying, like, that's pretty good. If, um, if Grandma... I'm sorry, I keep saying Grandma. It's if, Mom. If She's mom, probably a Grandma. If Mom was this volatile when it came down to, like, let's put you in a place that's full service, that can care for everything you need, because you're getting a little out, you know, we can't care for you as well anymore. Because I believe that was what the situation was. I mean, Mom. mom She's you're, 92. You're toting two 38s. And he's living in his house with his girlfriend, and it's probably uh, a very large inconvenience, you know. Was it his house? Do we know for sure? Because what if he moved into mom's house? Ooh, that's a good question. You know then, it's then, mom's house. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's mom's house. He's but, not made uh, anything of himself. He's 72, trying to be a Twitch streamer. And that's why she's so offended. Like, she's like, no, 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 no. But this not is in my, my This is the Lord's house. house. But, you take that hussy out the door. Maybe I ought to tie that long hair on your head to the short hair on your ass and kick you down the street. But my point is, if grandma is willing to go to the double fisting revolvers kill everyone scenario maybe she wasn't the best house guest to keep up with and maybe that's why she was wanting to put her in the home in the first place i'm i would imagine that her attitude uh had something to do with it yeah you know i'm sure she didn't like that girlfriend yeah. i'm gonna go with that's probably a very likely scenario but i'm i'm surprised she didn't get it first Maybe, maybe he got it first because she thought that the girlfriend would be an easy kill, you know? I don't know. Well, he's probably and he just... would try to stop her if she came in shooting the girlfriend. But I'm sure that the girlfriend had something to do with driving a wedge between Mama and her boy. Maybe. I've seen way too many in, that uh, episodes Vicky of court is the devil. Forensic Files Bobby Boucher. and The Water Boy to be able to draw lines between this. Well, if she was really pissed at the son, though. Maybe that was the like emotional part, and then it was like, ah, shit, I gotta kill her, too, now, because she's the witness. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point? Don't smoke crack. Um, I, uh, that's my list. You got more? That's all I that's got. That's it? That's it. All right. Um, you want to have a little fun with Alex? Uh, what kind of fun are we talking about? The kind where uh, 
we put on a rubber glove and uh all right safety we're good i'm already fine there's there's safety or you have a latex allergy the safe word is well hold on to it because we're gonna come back with some more on the next one uh thank you everybody for joining us for this episode of have you heard and we're gonna catch you on the next one <laughs>